Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, episode 53. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, brand and communication strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential. Now, I want you to imagine you're sitting at a negotiating table and you've got to validate why you believe you need to be paid a specific amount of money. Now, is that something you love to do or maybe it's something you dislike and get really nervous about? And I'm sure if we were able to speak with you all, many of you would say it is something that you avoid and maybe it's the reason why you haven't yet fulfilled all of the dreams that you want in your career or in your business. Now joining me on today's show is Kristen Crockett. Kristen is the CEO of Mid Love Crisis. Her personal philosophy is that life is too short to be unhappy and through workshops, mentor programs, team building sessions, retreats and coaching, she works with women who feel unsettled in in any area of their love, their life or career to empower them to gain confidence, find love or love what they do. In the corporate world, she has seen so many women undermine their talents, their abilities and strengths by allowing their lack of confidence to make decisions for them. So Kristen works with women to tap into who they really are, find out what they want and give them the tools to get there. On today's show, Kristen's going to share a strategy to help us overcome a lack of self-confidence, a strategy for negotiating with confidence, as well as trust feeds the roots of leadership. So welcome to the show, Kristen. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. I think so many women, when we talk about different areas, whether we're in a business or whether we have a career, so we're working for an organization, has throughout the years felt this lack of of self-confidence. And for many of us, often when we're speaking to to girlfriends or or, or other people that we, we respect, we really share there's things that we would love to have gone for projects maybe even a a new client but we just didn't because of a lack of self-confidence so why do you think so many of us can relate to a lack of self-confidence when i think back to women as children i know for my mom it was always like oh sit up you know Mm. close your legs sit like a lady do this and there were so many rules that we have that it made us kind of conscious of always living up to the expectations of society and i think that we kind of carry that through into the workplace as well Do you find also too that so many of us don't recognize the value that we have to offer? We undermine the skills and strengths that we have so much so that when we 
are, say, for instance, putting ourselves forward or maybe not putting ourselves forward for a project or um, to become part of a team or even a pay rise, something like that, we don't see the value that we offer. Have you found that too? Absolutely. Also, a part of it is men are taught to brag about who they are, what qualities they have, kind of sell themselves. Mm. And as women, we're taught to be humble. And I find that a lot of women just really are uncomfortable with talking about their strength. So that really follows us through um, almost everything that we do. I think Relationships so. mm-hmm. and, and the workforce, everything. Yeah. And one of the things that I've seen also too, Kristen, is that many women who get to a certain level in their career and think, you know what, I've really reached, reached the pinnacle. There's no opportunities for me. I think I will now step away and, and maybe create my own consultancy or go on my own. But it's unfortunate that it's some of those lack of self-confidence and being able to negotiate and really ask for what we want, we carry that through into our own business too. So it's certainly something I think no matter where you are in your career or even whether it's with personal relationships, it's stepping forward and being able to confidently ask for what you want and expect to get it too. So let's dive in. You've got lots to share around some strategies for us. Strategy for overcoming a lack of self-confidence. What do we need to do? One of the biggest things is that we may look at a job, for example, and say, oh, I don't have all the qualifications that this job is asking for. Um, Oh, I don't think this is the right time to ask for more money for my job. Like all of these things that we kind of second guess ourselves. And the one philosophy that I can share is women, you have to let someone else tell you no. Go ahead and ask because the worst they can say is no. And then you're in the same position that you were in before. But you also might get told yes. And the other thing they may say is, you know what? I can't give you an extra 15000 However, I could give you an extra ten, um, and maybe throw in some days off as well or allow you to work from home. So you never know um, what you're going to get without asking. And that's true. And in fact, I just did a Facebook Live about that around, okay, so what is the worst that can happen? And often we can build up in our minds such you know, anxiety and worry and, and overwhelm and in actual fact, if we were to play that out in that, you know, that perfect example that you gave, I mean, you know, if you were given 10, my goodness, if you didn't ask, you wouldn't get anything. So do you think we sometimes play things out so much bigger in our minds? It would never get to that stage that it would be that bad. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, if we look back to um, kind of how men are are taught, even from the time that they're children, like, you know, go across the floor and ask her to dance. They are constantly dealing with rejection, whereas women, we kind of wait for it to come to us. And instead, it's kind of like we're waiting for opportunities to fall into our lap. Yeah. We're waiting for someone to recognize that we've done a great job and we deserve more money. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that is not going to happen. No. Um, you know, a business is, is not going to just give you the money unless you absolutely ask for it. The same thing is true when you're actually applying for a job. People in human resources expect you to negotiate. As a matter of fact, they think that it is weird 
that something's wrong if you don't negotiate your salary. But a lot of women don't know that. Mm -hmm. You know, I read uh, in one of our major newspapers here, Kristen, uh, a couple of years ago, a large organization who was very well known, they didn't give the name, but said that when it came, when it came to offering salary packages to men or women, the company tended to offer women less. And that was because women tended to accept what was offered to them. That was the statement that they made. And it was kind of like, my goodness, there's so much we could dive into that topic of conversation. But it's absolutely right that if you recognize that, hang on a minute, that's not what the market is paying. We've got the um, ability or should have the ability to step forward and start to, to communicate. Don't just accept something because it, it has been offered to you. What other things can we do around that? Because I know salary negotiation is just so scary for some people, you know, and, and just even the thought of having to talk about money is just pushing all sorts of buttons for us. So how can we better negotiate with confidence when it comes to asking for more money? We, we tend to think that we're going to hurt someone's feelings or that they're not going to give us the job or we, you know, we create these different scenarios of what's going to happen if we actually step up for stand up for ourselves and ask for more. So the one thing to remember is that especially when you're negotiating money in business in, in, you know, uh, whether you're working for yourself or you're, you're trying to get a new job, the reality is they expect that they deal with it all of the time. Um, it is the norm. So for someone to not ask for no, for more money or to negotiate, even things such as, you know, how much time you're going to get off. There's so many things that are negotiable at the very beginning of, of a job. And what happens is you kind of get stuck in that. So if you accept 10,000 less than your, than the job is supposed to pay or that would pay someone else, then you're kind of stuck with that for a while. So you mm. have to remember that you have to, really seriously just kind of give yourself a pep talk and understand it's not crazy to ask people are expecting you to negotiate mm -hmm. so that's the first thing you know yeah absolutely and i think also too very much our mindset and how we approach it is going to very much support us or undermine us and and, and speak a little bit about if we are then we've, we've given ourselves the pep talk and we're approaching whoever it is that we need to go and ask how we approach it how we ask that our mannerisms that that very much can impact what that response is going to be. Do you have some strategies to share to help our mannerisms show that confidence that we're trying to exude? Absolutely. You you kind of really hit the head on the nail. What happens is that people can smell fear, right? Mm. So, um, you know, I used to have a huge mastiff, which he was, you know, he was basically like a mini horse dog. <laughs> and whenever people would come over to the house and they were like, Hey, Max, how are you? He would jump all over them. He would love them. But for anyone that came in and that was a little bit cautious or scared, mm -hmm. he would actually jump up on their shoulders because he knew that he was intimidating them. Yeah. And what happens is the same thing is true with people that we can actually smell fear. So you really have to fake it until you make it. Even if you, you crumble after the interview mm -hmm. in your car, you really truly have to say to yourself, this is something that I have to do. I, I'm, I'm, you know, one thing that they say, a power stance is standing up, putting your hands on your hip, uh, putting your hands on your hips. You can do that in front of a mirror before you actually leave for that interview. But you really have to kind of talk to yourself and say the same things like I'm worth it. Mm. I am worth it. I deserve this mm -hmm. because a lot of us even we don't even think that we deserve more money. 
Um, we don't think that we're worth it and we're just taking what's given to us. So I think that those are some great strategies um, in, in terms of having something on your mirror every day or having something on your computer where when you, when you turn on your computer, there's some kind of mantra there that's going to help you gain that influence, mm -hmm. gain that, it, that confidence. It is so powerful. I mean, just yesterday I'm working with a couple of new clients and helping them um, develop their podcasts. And it was the very first time that I was interviewing some of the guests. And it was interesting because as I was about to press record, all of a sudden this nervousness just came about me and it was like, I thought in my head, are you serious? You know, I don't know how many hundreds of interviews I've done. So I basically just stop that self-talk, you know, stop it, you're fine, breathe, that kind of thing. Isn't it amazing how we, through those those thoughts that come up, we can either enhance those thoughts and really continue to feed it to the point that we get so nervous, it stops us flat. Because I am sure that if I was continue to play those thoughts in my mind, I would have struggled with my words, I would have probably pressed the wrong keys all those kinds of things. So what you just said earlier about the mantras and, and going in and just reminding yourself of those those powerful thoughts, those empowering thoughts, is absolutely crucial, isn't it? What are we saying to ourselves? That's is it enhancing you, or is it um, really stopping you from asking and, and doing so with confidence? Yes. Absolutely, and I think what happens is that fear. It's not a problem. Like I think that. All of us suffer from fear. And just like you were talking about pressing that button, all of us have had that anxiety before something. And sometimes it, it could be from things that we've done 50 million times. Mm. It's okay to have anxiety and fear. Like, I don't think we should fight it. But the reality is that we have to create tools around it. Mm. Um, and to also understand when thoughts, negative thoughts kind of stay in our brain and we don't, you know, we don't move forward or we don't talk to someone about it what happens is it just multiplies instead of inside of us you know so yeah. fear multiplies instead of spreading sprouting wings and moving forward so i think that that's one thing that we always have to think about is mm -hmm. no matter what you have to move forward right yeah. you have to try something different and sometimes it really is as easy as saying to someone oh my goodness i'm so nervous about this interview i'm so nervous and they can actually talk you out of that but if you yeah. keep it inside it, all it does is just multiply. Yeah. And I think also too, sometimes we're a little bit hesitant to share that because whether it be for some people that might be shame that they think, oh my goodness, or maybe just having an awareness that look, other people experience the same thing. It's not just you. This morning I went to a, a business networking event and we were talking about courage. That's certainly something that I really want to develop moving forward this year. And then a few other women were saying, yeah, me too. And it wasn't until we started that conversation that you know, for me, it eased a little bit because I thought I'm so thankful that we were have we had this conversation because now I realize I'm not the only one going through this. Don't you think that often we make things worse for ourselves because we think we're the only people that go through this and everyone else has got it handled and, and can do it really well? What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, there's something that I do. It's called speed networking. And I actually facilitate sessions for for individuals in terms of um, kind of like what you can think of as speed dating. But instead of that, it's speed networking. And mm -hmm. I ask a lot of questions and I have people form groups and kind of talk about it. And one of the questions that I always ask is what is one thing that fear almost kept you from doing? Mm -hmm. um, and everyone has an answer for that. And the reality is that when you do hear about other people's stories, 
you feel much better. But we, but like you said, we're so afraid to show that, that vulnerable side of mm -hmm. us, but the vulnerability always serves as a lesson for someone else. And it always helps us as well to hear that we are not alone because we're not anything you've ever thought, anything you've ever gone through. There are definitely people in this world, several, sometimes several thousand that have gone through the same thing. You just don't mm -hmm. know because you keep it tucked inside. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, everybody has their own areas of, of strength and then areas that they can certainly continue to develop. And I think the area of confidence when we look at someone and we admire them for their level of confidence in any particular area, for some, we look at people who step up on stage and just so confidently hold themselves with grace and ease to speak in front of a large crowd when we think, I don't even want to get up in front of three people and introduce <laughs> and, and speak. But you know what? I'm sure if we were to have a conversation with that person, that there was one time in their career where they were nervous too. And it is just something that they continue to learn. And each time they went out on stage, the confidence just got better and better. So we often can expect, we put too much pressure on ourselves to be perfect right from the moment that we started. But look, if we ease up on ourselves and allow ourselves to develop the skill, that's when we find we, we, we can grow confidently. I think that's totally true. And I think mm. what happens, you know, I'm definitely a speaker, a facilitator. I can tell you, I've definitely gotten nervous too. And sometimes they're trigger points. If I did not a hundred percent prepare, then I get nervous. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, if they're depending on the situation, I may get nervous. However, you know, nine out of 10 times, I'm perfectly comfortable on stage and yeah. perfectly comfortable in front of other people. But it is there, there are definitely triggers and it's important for us to understand that and to know that. Mm. Um, but you know, we, we definitely, um, I, I think that when people are experts in something, they have done it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. However, there are certain things that we're starting off that we're brand new with. And the best advice I've ever received is from a woman who started three companies. And she said to me, always launch at 80%. She was like, you can always go back and fix any mistakes, but launch at 80% because Things are never going to be perfect. And that's something that, you know, if you're a perfectionist, if you lack confidence, that's definitely my mantra, which is launch at 80%. Because mm -hmm. if you just do it, things will fall in line for you. And anytime that things don't work out, you learn from it. You always learn from your mistakes, especially in business. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's important to launch at 80%. Sometimes the reason that we are so concerned about something or feel overwhelmed is because we don't know those steps. And you, you said something beautiful about preparing. And sometimes right. we just have not yet learned the steps, the strategies that will help us to prepare. So for some of us, it may mean going and getting some coaching, going and getting some training to help develop the skills so that we don't feel like we're just, you know, flying by the seat of our pants that's it that's a that's a saying we have here in Australia I don't know do you have that over in the US as yes. well yeah good we do yeah good. <laughs> yeah but I think that that's definitely true mm. um you know coaches provide confidence right the same way that your best friend can provide confidence but in a very different way because they're very strategic about what they're helping you with mm. but I think with any kind of practice you become more comfortable and then you also become more comfortable with understanding your triggers I know mine it's definitely not being prepared. So that's why I always take 
hours to prepare for something for speech or for even you know a team building activity um, but the other thing too for me is if something happens and you know I, there's a traffic jam and I'm coming in there just before people are coming in there that definitely stresses me out as well so mm -hmm. I always make sure that I'm there at least an hour and a half in advance to set up and to any kind of things that are unforeseen, the room is smaller than I thought, you know, yeah. <laughs> anything that we have to do, I kind of am there to make sure that, that we have to do that before people actually come in. And that definitely helps with nerves and anxiety as well. Mm, absolutely. Let's talk about trust feeds the roots of leadership. The, the beauty of relationships, whether you're talking about intimate relationships, whether you're talking about, you know, your personal relationships or relationships at work, Everything starts with people being able to trust you. Um, and, you know, a big part of that is something that, that, that really ties in with what we talked about a little bit earlier. It's actually being vulnerable. If people think that you are a perfect person, they don't trust that. Mm. But when you kind of share with them some of the things that you've been through, people begin to trust you because now they see you as a whole and real person. Um, so one thing I never ask anyone to do anything that I'm not willing to do. If we're talking about setting up an event with 300 chairs, I'm there helping putting those chairs together as well. Um, and so that's one thing that people know that you're going to be alongside them. And it also helps to build trust. And then another thing is actually really, truly, when you say that you're going to do something, you know, you never know how people will, were wounded in childhood. And sometimes people, you know, were told something and then they don't trust. And you telling them that you're going to do something for them and then you don't follow through, then that just kind of reinforces this factor that you can't be trusted. So I think as a person, you really have to do exactly what you say that you're going to do. And all those things help to build trust. Yeah, they certainly do. In fact, I was just speaking to a, a, a podcast guest yesterday and she was talking about, you know, in 2017, trust is so important, particularly with so many people networking and build, starting to build relationships even online before they take them offline. The things that we post online, you know, the things that we share, the conversations that we participate in and contribute to, I think all really can impact our reputations and unfortunately in a good way, but unfortunately also too in, in a negative way. And I think without trust, it's very difficult to gain a reputation as a really, you know, a solid, engaging and influential leader. What would you say to someone then who has recognized, okay, I can see that there's certainly areas where I've been holding myself back because of the lack of confidence where do I start because there's so much lack you know across everything from negotiating through and introducing myself to putting myself out there what would be a great place for them to start well I think the first thing is you know really thinking about so one thing I always say is like if you could do if you could have any job and someone would pay you a million dollars to do that particular job and you can create it, what would it be? And that tends to open people up and they understand, they start to think about what they're, what they're great at, what their strengths are. And that's really important to kind of list your strengths and to understand like really what you love to do mm -hmm. and what you're great at doing. And sometimes the two don't always fit together. It's something that you, that you're great at doing doesn't necessarily mean that you should do it, yeah. but you always want to follow, follow your passion. And I think that when we have 
when we love doing something, we automatically gain more confidence in it. Mm -hmm. And so I would definitely say that's one way of gaining confidence. But then there are other people that, you know, for example, I know one individual who really was not necessarily the greatest speaker in front of the room for his particular employees. And so one thing he did is he, you know, he came off as very robotic and monotone. He actually right now is enrolled in an improv class. Hmm. So it's kind of stretching um, the things that, you know, stretching your challenge areas a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, that's something that a coach can help you work out. Um, in addition to, depending on the situation, it may even be therapy, but a coach, a business coach can actually help you work out the areas that you want to work on and then also the areas that you probably should work on to actually improve in your career or to get to where you're going. Mm. Something you also said too, I think, and, and love to speak a little bit about this too, is around area that we're passionate about and area where we have strengths in. And sometimes for one reason or another, we may find ourselves in a role or find ourselves participating in a project or find ourselves working with clients that we're just not aligned with. So in other words, our core values, our core strengths are just not part of that relationship. And sometimes we can feel we're not really confident in this and we're not really enjoying it. We're not really passionate because we're in the wrong role or we're doing the wrong job or we're just not working with a client that we can do our best work with. Sometimes it's, it's recognizing that, having the awareness and giving ourselves permission to step away and then find something that really is very much more aligned with who we are, our strengths and what we're passionate about. Absolutely. I think one of the best, and I can, I can talk about my personal experience. I was in a job that I should have been happy with the salary. You know, I should mm -hmm. have been very happy every single day, but it was not the right job for me. And I, one day, you know, I was traveling all over country and one day I was on the West coast and my plane literally had so much turbulence that I was scared that I wasn't going to make it. Wow. And, you know, I said to myself, if this plane goes down, will I be happy with my life and mm -hmm. where I am? And the answer was no. And so when I actually landed that day, that's when I actually put in my two week notice because I realized that that was not the right job for me. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that actually helped me is I realized that I never had the training for that job. No one was there. They kind of expected you to, to, to jump into that role. And so before I left, I actually created a training manual for people that were coming into that particular position. And that was really like the, the, the springboard into my whole career wow. because it made me understand what not having, cause we had three different managers, three <sighs> managers during that, that period that I was there, mm -hmm. um, no kind of training. And I realized that I am someone who loves providing the tools and resources for other people to do their job. Mm -hmm. um, and so that experience was something that really propelled me into my career now. But it's so important to really be in tune with the fact that this may not be the right role for you. And sometimes you can stay within that company, but just jump to a different role. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that example, because I know many people are in roles that, yeah, they really don't jump out of bed in the morning to go to. And even with clients, oh, that I've got to work with that client again. If it doesn't excite you, if it doesn't empower you, then uh, there's certainly many other opportunities that do. And I can really hear the passion 
passion in your voice about uh, the work that you're doing now. If you were to share one last empowering tip, Kristen, what would that be? So many women are afraid to actually network. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I like to do is to, to, to say to you that networking is about building relationships. And I have to tell you that with the exception of one job, every single job I've ever had has been because someone asked me to interview for that position. It's been a relationship that I had with someone, um, someone that I've met. And so you have to think of these people as like a mental Rolodex or a mental LinkedIn um, list of contacts where, you know, at any point in the future, they could reach out to you and provide you with an opportunity that you definitely won't have if you don't even get to know them. And so instead of looking at networking as as small talk, you really wanna look at it as an opportunity to just you know, build relationships with people and get to know them. Ask them instead of saying, hey, what do you do? Ask them, what is it that you're passionate about outside of what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what do you love to do? What 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 things drain you? What things fill you up? You get to know a person's, you know, desires and passions. And I guarantee you that you have that instant connection. It's not just, hey, how is the weather today? You really start to build, <laughs> mm-hmm. a, a, you know, a relationship with questions that are deep. And that's mm-hmm. what networking is to me. It's definitely not small talk, but it's getting to know people on a very different level for future opportunities. Yeah, fantastic. Look, thank you so much for sharing insights today. I know many of our listeners will have taken some incredible insights with them. If they want to reach out to you, how's the best way for them to do that? The best way is through my website at midlovecrisis.com or you can always find me on Twitter at midlovecrisis. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So Kristen Crockett or Midlove Crisis and I look forward to connecting with your listeners. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Sure. Thank you for having me. Are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility, reach and influence with your own podcast channel but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Podcast Network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry. So if you're an aspiring podcast host, or if you have an existing business-focused podcast, and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach, and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Do hope that you'll join me again next week. Please reach out to Kristen. What she shared today was certainly very inspiring. And I know for many of us, uh, we can always you know, develop our self-confidence. And for those of you who have stopped yourselves from stepping out and putting yourself forward, I know that you've taken a lot from today's show. By the way, for those of you who have subscribed to the iTunes channel, thank you so much. That means you're going to be the very first person to know next time we publish another episode if you haven't already subscribed and you don't want to miss out all you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast itunes annemariecross.com forward slash podcast itunes have a fabulous week thanks again Kristen. thank you
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.